You're listening to the Promised Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Aaron. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. Why don't you grab your Bibles wherever you're at today and turn them to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, and uh, before we get into the Word today, I want to make a plea and a prayer request. If you could please intercede for me and my family. If this virus does not stop soon, I will have a farm living in my house. If you didn't know already on Friday, uh, I left my house for about three hours. By the time I was driving home, my wife had purchased five little chicks. And uh, we have not normally had animals in our home. This is the first animal in our home. Uh, And they all have names. They're all part of the family already. But last night, they're already talking about buying kittens. So please be praying. I can't take it much longer. I can't do animals in my home. So be praying that animals cease coming into our house. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord. Kingsley, my two-year-old, named her chick Big Tiny. Big Tiny is her little chick's name. Hopefully the wings don't get broken off as she holds it because she hasn't quite figured out how to do it yet. But Matthew chapter 14, verse uh, 22 says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus said to them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Jesus is saying the same thing you this morning. Do not be afraid. Take courage. Take heart. Jesus is still on the throne. And Peter responds and said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus replied to him and he said, come. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, but when he saw the wind and when he saw the waves, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I, I understand that if, unless you've been living underneath a rock, you're probably aware that there's a lot of chaos going on in the world right now. If you just stroll through Facebook for a minute or two, you're going to notice people after people full of fear, full of doubt, full of worry. There's confusion. There's unbelief. There's trepidation. Maybe you're listening or watching and you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost income. Maybe you've been laid off. Maybe you're facing physical ailments because of what's going on. My wife and I, we actually have a a pastor friend whose their sister is fighting for their life right now because of the virus. So it's easy to see the chaos going on around you. But I'm here to tell you this is that even though there is chaos, the good news is that Jesus is still on the throne. Even though there's fear running around, there is hope to be 
be had, and the hope is found in Jesus. So he was the answer in the Old Testament. He was the answer in the New Testament. And the good news is this. He is still the answer today. He is hope. He is life. He is the healer. My God comes into situations that look terrible, that look like there is no hope, and he is the redeemer that takes a bad situation and turns it into good. So wherever you are at today, I want you to leave with hope, with faith to be encouraged today that Jesus is not surprised by what's not by what's going on. He is not immune and ignorant and, and left out and, and, and going silent. No, he is still speaking. He is still alive. He wants you to be full of faith and hope during this time. Amen. And, and I know that you're at home right now listening and maybe you're taking notes, but I want to encourage you to be involved, to set aside distractions. Amen me. Like, even through the, the phone or through the TV, just give me a good old shout. I'm sure I'll hear you wherever you're at, and I'll preach better. Amen? Amen. I want to give you a couple of points this morning about what it looks like to have faith in the midst of times like this. I think it's easy for us to just, sometimes, if, maybe if you're not affected by it, to think it's no big deal. Maybe you are affected by it, and you're trying to figure out, how do I navigate this process? And this story gives us a great illustration about how Jesus teaches us to navigate times of uncertainty. And here we have the disciples. They've just gone in the boat. They're going across the water, and a storm comes up against them waves are pounding against the boat wind is swirling and all of a sudden Jesus is walking on the water beside them and it says that they did not recognize him they could not tell who he was and so they called out to him and said Jesus is that you oftentimes in seasons like this where there's a virus or there's concern or there's fear whatever it may be there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out where's Jesus in all this in fact some people see the storm and see the virus and they think that is Jesus this is a vindictive God he's an angry God who's just trying to assault the people of earth and and punish them for their sins and punish them for all the transgressions they've had and they believe that this virus is sent by God, constructed in the, in the laboratories of heaven to kill people. I've got good news for you today that this virus is not from the Lord. This virus is not coming from a God who's trying to hurt you. Rather, God is a God who loves you and wants to give you peace. In fact, he is greater than the storm. Here's Jesus walking on the water, walking above the issues, above the problems. See, faith, write this down, faith recognizes Jesus in the storm. Faith recognizes Jesus in the storm. Jesus is not the storm. Jesus is not the wind. He is not the waves. Jesus is the Redeemer. Jesus is peace. Jesus is hope. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the Deliverer. He is the Healer. He comes into situations like this that seem hopeless, and he brings peace. He is above the storm. He is above it. It reminds me of another story that maybe many of you are familiar with in Mark chapter 4, where the disciples, they're in a boat similar with the storm going around them except this time Jesus is in the boat with them and it says that Jesus is asleep in the boat all the while the disciples are freaking out wondering are we going to survive what's going on right now will we make it through this moment is this the end there is no more toilet paper anywhere have we reached the end of the road there is no more eggs that's why we bought chicks the problem is those chicks will not produce eggs until everything is over in July probably so it was kind of a pointless purchase. 
But there's big tiny in there that we love and adore. And so the disciples are, are concerned. Are we going to make it through what's happening right now? Maybe some of you can relate. Are we going to make it through? Maybe some of you have had a loss of income. How am I going to make my next rent payment? How am I going to survive? How am I going to, how am I going to get through this in my marriage? How am I going to not kill my children right now because they're home every day? Whatever it is that you're going through right now. And those disciples are feeling the same way. And all of a sudden they, re, they realize Jesus is sleeping in the boat. Jesus asleep in the time of chaos. In the time of fear, in a time of worry, he's there asleep in the boat. And they go over to him and they shake him. And they wake him up and say, Jesus, do you even care about what's happening to us right now? Do you even care that we're about to die? Do you even care? And maybe that's what some of you are asking. God, do you even care? If God is greater than the storm, then where are you? Do you even care about what's happening right now? Do you care that I'm losing money? Do you care that I might be sick? Do you care that I'm lonely? That I'm ostracized from people? Do you care what I'm going through right now in my life? And I'm here to tell you that the words of Jesus when he woke up is he looked at the storm and he said, peace, be still. And why are you so afraid? Why are you afraid? Because Jesus is with you. Jesus will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. His faithfulness is true every, every day. And I want to encourage you this morning that maybe you're in a place much like those disciples in a boat, chaos around. And you're like, God, do you even care what I'm going through right now? And we need to begin to look at Jesus and take after him the peace that he possessed in that moment as he sat there in the boat at total rest. He was in the same storm the disciples were, but yet he was at peace. That we would see the rest that was in his eyes and follow suit. It reminds me of a story when I was 16 years old approximately. It's still fuzzy back then. It's all fuzzy. It's too long ago. But sometime in my mid-teenage years, I went on a mission trip to Zimbabwe. And uh, when I was there, we went to a bunch of different conferences, and um, my grandfather was actually speaking at them. But in between those conferences, we went on a preserve, a game preserve. And on a safari, we were in a Jeep, an open-air Jeep, and we were seeing all amazing animals, lions and zebras and uh, giraffes and rhinos and hippos. And there came a point where there was about five of us in this Jeep, and we stopped, and we were watching zebras or something, and all of a sudden, this herd of elephants came up behind us. Now, I'm not talking like five or six elephants. I'm talking like 50 or 75 full-grown elephants came up behind the Jeep out of these trees. And I, after I wet myself, which definitely happened, I was freaking out. And I'm like, why are we not driving away? We were still ahead of them at that moment. Why are we not driving away? Pretty soon they're 10, 20 feet away from our Jeep at that time. And I'm, I'm literally freaking out. And all of a sudden, I notice our guide who's in the front seat. And our guide is there with his arms behind his, his head, enjoying the scenery, enjoying the view of the elephants walking by, totally at peace, not worried about anything, no fear in his eyes. And all of a sudden, as I watch him and the peace that he has, I begin to get peace. I begin to realize I got nothing to fear. We don't need to move on from this point. I don't need to stress. I don't need to get anxious because my guide is at peace. Some of us need to begin to look at our guide. We need to get our eyes back on how Jesus is in this moment. Jesus is not freaking out. Jesus is not silent. He is present. He is with you. He will never leave you. And we need to get our eyes off of the elephants, get our eyes off of the problems, and get them onto Jesus and realize there is peace that passes all understanding. When it doesn't make sense, 
peace can come into your life. And I believe that peace is going to fill you right now. So there are these disciples. They see Jesus walking by. And they see, Jesus, is that really you? Is that really you? I'm not sure if this is you. Jesus said, yes, it is me. It is me. Take courage. Do not be afraid. And then Peter responds back to Jesus. And he says, if it's really you, then tell me to come to you. Tell me to come out onto the waters to you. And I love Jesus' responses. He simply says one word, come. He doesn't say, okay, step out of the boat. You know, when the waves go up, run up them and then coast down. He doesn't give them any point. He just says, then come. See, sometimes the distance between where you're at today and the promises of God and an encounter with Jesus is full of impossibilities. But you've got to step out of comfort, step out onto the waters. And sometimes it takes a lot of faith. But you've got to step out and say, okay, Jesus, I will come after you because you said come to me. But why did Peter think that he could come to Jesus? Because, see, chapters before, he had been seeing Jesus heal the sick. He had seen dead people raised. He had been seeing, he had just been sent out with the other disciples, and they had gone and healed the sick themselves. They had gone on and cast out demons. He had just been seeing signs and wonders all around them, so he knew, if Jesus tells me I can do it, I know I can do it. See, faith remembers what God did last time. Point number one is faith recognizes Jesus in the storm. Number two is this, is faith remembers what God did last time. I gotta tell you, in seasons like this, it's important to remember how God has been with you, how he's never left you. There are times in my life when I need to remind myself, speak out into existence, what God has done time and time and time again in my life. In Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, it says this, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. There is power in your testimony. There is power in declaring what God has done for you that he'll do it again. Some of you need to be reminding yourself right now. Remember that time when I didn't think I would make it through this moment? Remember that time when I didn't think I'd be able to pay my bills and all of a sudden money came? All of a sudden God provided? All of a sudden God healed me? All of a sudden God did this? All of a sudden God's faithfulness was always true? We need to remind ourselves of those moments in times like this that God is always good. God will always be there. God will never leave me. He is my provider in good times and in bad times. We need to remember what God has done before. There is power in your words. I know I've shared this many times with you guys, but about four years ago now, my wife and I, we lost our son. And during that time, we were in the hospital room worshiping and praising. And that that experience taught me something, that in the midst of pain and tragedy, I can worship Jesus, I can praise him, and peace immediately comes. My circumstances all of a sudden fade away, and I just see the face of Jesus. And so I reflect back on that. I go back to that many different times in my life when I'm feeling chaotic or I'm feeling uh, nervous about something or overwhelmed. I'll go back to that and say, that's right, when I can just worship Jesus and glorify him Peace fills my heart. And I believe that the Lord wants to do that with you. Even now, he's reminding you of times where you didn't think you'd make it through. He's reminding you times of when you felt isolated and, and you didn't have people that you could connect with. He's reminding you that in those times, he met with you. He was there with you. He didn't leave you. See, faith, faith remembers. It's important to understand this, and I want to be very clear. Faith is not sticking your head in the sand. Faith is not the denial of a problem. It is not the denial of an existence of a problem. It is not giving that problem influence over you. Faith is not the denial of a problem. Faith is choosing to not give it influence over you. If I have a broken arm, 
My arm is broken. It would be foolish of me to say, how dare you say my arm is broken? My arm is not broken. It's fine. But it's in a sling. It's in a cast. Of course my arm is broken. That's being stupid. That's the spirit of stupid. We don't want that during this time. Faith is this. Yes, my arm is broken, but there is a power greater than my arm being broken, and it's the blood of Jesus. And at his name, my arm can be healed. Faith is recognizing there's something greater than the issue ahead of us. It is not an ignorance of sticking our head in the sand. It is not saying that there is no virus out there. It, faith is, is not being stupid. We need to honor what our leaders are saying. We need to be safe. We need to wash our hands. We need to be courteous to those who are fearful, not make them feel guilty. We need to preach the hope of Jesus. We need to use wisdom. We need to, to there is a virus and it is killing people, but I will not let those circumstances bring fear into my life. I will not let those things bring doubt and hopelessness into me, but I choose to stay focused on Jesus. Psalms 91, if you would turn there with me, if not, you can read it on the screen. It says this, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Verse three, do we have it? I'll keep reading it. Follow along. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield. Come on, how many people are thankful that his faithfulness is my shield? You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I will say, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Come on, this is the promises of God. I, I encourage you to, to pray this and read this over your house, to read this over your family on a daily basis. But I want to look at the first two verses real quick with you. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. It is not talking about a physical shelter here, a building. Rather, it is talking about a lifestyle. It's saying if, the Bible says if you abide in him, he will abide in you. When you stay in the shelter of the presence of God, you stay in the presence of God, there is rest. There is peace for you. No matter what affliction may come against you, no matter what is happening in the world, there is rest in the presence of the Lord. And it says in verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Now, notice what it's saying here. It can easily be thought that this is something we say to the Lord. I will say of the Lord. This is not just something we say to God. Rather, this is something we declare to those around us. I will say to those around me, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my fortress. He is my God, and I will trust in him. This is a declaration to those around us. It is, it is saying, I will not fear. I will not lose hope. We need to begin to speak words of life, words of encouragement. I was speaking to a lady just a couple of days ago. She was an elderly lady who really was... Being staying, staying at home, not leaving, and really feeling lonely, feeling like she was like, how do I get through this situation? Obviously scared for her health, scared for her life. And see, in those moments, we cannot make someone feel guilty because of the fear they have. We cannot make them feel guilty like we're better than them, like, oh, I can't believe you feel that way. Our job is to not bring guilt and shame. Our job is to bring hope. 
And in that moment, I threw out a lifeline of hope. I threw out a lifeline of peace. There are a lot of people around us drowning right now. They're in the storm drowning. What lifeline will you throw to them? What lifeline are you giving to those around you? Are you giving, are you giving fear? Let me tell you something. Hopelessness is contagious. It is contagious. You want to know what else is contagious, though? It's hope. Hope and faith is contagious. We need to be throwing out lifelines of hope. And it's the power of your words. It's the power of your posture that can bring hope to people. There's a verse in Isaiah chapter 35. I want to read this to you. Verse 3. It says, strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. There's probably a lot of people around you right now who've got shivery knees. They're getting worried. There's got anxiety. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then, come on, wherever you're at right now, say then. Come on, say it like you're a preacher. Say then. Then will the lame leap like a deer. Come on, we need some people leaping like deers in the house. Come on, wherever, just leap like, if you've got a five-year-old with you right now, just tell them to leap like a deer. Water, or the mute tongue will shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. I want to tell you something. There's a powerful message in the scripture. It says when you begin to build faith in those around you, when you begin to speak life to those around you, then, then breakthrough comes. Then healing comes. There is power in your testimony. There's power in your words. Faith remembers what God has done time and time and time again. So here we have Peter, and he says, call me out onto the water. And Jesus says, come. And it says, Peter gets out of the boat, and he begins to walk on water. You got to imagine, I mean, this guy at this moment is feeling like, I'm the coolest person in the world, second person alive to walk on water. He's walking on water, then all of a sudden, he begins to notice the wind and the waves. He begins to notice the storm. When he got out of the boat, he was looking at Jesus, but all of a sudden, he's realizing there's a lot of wind, there's a lot of waves all around me. I don't know if I can make it through. Faith sees Jesus. Faith doesn't see the wind. Come on, write that down. Faith sees Jesus faith doesn't see the wind what are you looking at right now what are you focusing your attention on are you looking at jesus or are you looking at the wind and the waves are you looking at the storm all around you is it causing fear to well up in your heart you want to know how to stop fear from coming in you stare into the eyes of jesus revelation talks about how there's fire in his eyes there's he is actually hope itself he is joy he is life in him is peace he is actually peace he is life itself and i want to encourage you today i know you could you don't have to look far you could turn on the tv and within 10 seconds you're going to see fear and despair but i'm telling you do not pay attention to the wind and the waves focus on jesus Focus on your God. Focus on peace. Do not get distracted. There, there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. It says this, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. How does faith come into you right now? By fixing your eyes on Jesus. See, it could be really easy in times like this to just wish it away. I just wish the season was over. Personally, I'm thankful because I have like a forced Sabbath in my life right now. I get to stop. I get to be present. 
I get to do things I wouldn't normally do with my family. And I want to encourage you to not wish away this season, but rather ask the Lord, God, what would you have me learn? What would you have me do? Maybe you and your family, maybe you guys need to begin to take communion together. I believe that the Lord wants to begin to instill houses of Acts in our church. Houses of Acts where in Acts and all through Scripture in the book of Acts, you can see where in homes people were delivered. In homes, people were set free. In homes, miracles happened. In homes, people prophesied. Imagine using this time to teach your children how to hear the voice of God. Imagine using this time to begin to learn and grow in your relationship with Jesus. I believe that we need to be active. We need to not be reactive, but we need to be proactive. What are you wanting to do? Maybe you need to worship together as your family every day. Read the Bible together and discuss it. During a time like this, it's important to continue to give. We need to continue to give. These next two weeks, we want to give to all, everybody in need that we can. I want to give to other churches in our city. I want to bless them. I want to be able to give to businesses who are potentially going to lose the, their, their lease because they can't pay. I want to give to families who don't even know Jesus, but just bless them and say, we want to give you hope in a time like this. I want to be people that don't just look at myself in times and restrict and hold and what if and concern, but I recognize that God is my provider. I don't need to hold tight what I have, but I need to give it away. Let's take these moments and not take them for granted. But God, what are you trying to teach us in this time? And so here we have Peter, and he falls into the water, and Jesus reaches out his hand, and he lifts him up. And they climb into the boat. And if you'll read with me in verse 31, it says, Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Verse 32, he said, And then they climbed into the boat. And the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him. And they said, truly, you are the son of God. Last point is this, is faith chooses worship over worry. Faith chooses to worship Jesus no matter what. In times of uncertainty and concern, maybe to you this means nothing. But your worship could mean something for somebody else. There's a story in Acts about Paul and Silas. They're in a prison. And it says at the midnight hour, it seems like it's hopeless. They're in chains. They've got guards outside the prison doors. And everybody in the prison is there in chains as well. And it says they begin to praise. They begin to worship. And my Bible says this. As they worship, the prison doors opened up. As they praised Jesus, freedom came not just to them, but to every other prisoner in the prison at that point, I'm telling you, whether you are fearful in this time or whether you've got peace in this time, your answer should be worship. Your answer should be praise, adoration to Jesus. And if it's not for you, then do it for your neighbor. Do it for your coworker. Do it for your family member. Do it for the people in, in New York. Do it for the people in L.A. Do it for the people who need peace in their life. God, I will worship you even when it doesn't make sense. I will worship you even when I feel restricted. I choose to worship you even when I'm pain, even when I'm in doubt, even when I have concerns, even when I don't know what's going to happen, God, I choose to worship you. And as they worshiped, freedom came. As they worshiped, hope came. Peace came. I want to encourage you, church, wherever you're at right now, we're going to worship in just a moment. And I believe that as we worship that, hope and peace is going to flood your house. It's going to flood your home. It's going to flood your car. It's going to flood your bedroom, wherever you're at right now. Last week, we had a little over 2,000 people watch our live stream, and many of those people commented about how they could feel the presence of God where they were watching. And I believe the same is going to happen to you, that you're going to feel the presence of God. You're going to feel peace. You're going to feel faith. Some of you, it's not time to be shrinking back in fear. It's time 
to take that step of faith to say, okay, God, what would you have me do in a time like this? Just like Coley, how we heard, he, he talked to his neighbor who's battling cancer. He prayed for them, and cancer was immediately healed. I'm telling you, some of you right now, God's going to begin to lay people on your heart to begin to call up to begin to pray for. Some of you need to begin to get a group of two or three people and begin to send them text messages every day, encouraging messages about how God can use their life, how God loves them. Some of you need to begin to ask God, what would you have me do in this time? Maybe you need to turn off the TV, put the phone away, get the family together and begin to learn how to pray. Begin to learn how to believe what you pray. Begin to ask for a revival to come upon this region. I got to tell you, just because we're battling a virus, just because you happen to be live streaming from home, doesn't mean revival and a move of God is restrictive. I believe that God is going to begin to move during this time more than he ever has before. Why do I believe that? Because God comes in situations like this, and he moves radically because people are desperate for hope, and they're looking for people just like you, just like me, who will say, you know what, I won't be quiet. It's time for the church to arise. It's time for the church to be loud and say it's not a time to be fearful. It's a time to recognize that Jesus is greater than the storm. It's a time to remember what he's done in the past. It's a time to not get distracted by the winds and the waves, but to keep our attention focused on Jesus and worship. And as we worship, as we're going to worship in just a moment, I believe in your life, in your family's life. I believe in businesses in this community. I believe in neighborhoods in this community. I believe in the schools and the children's and those homeschooling right now that there's going to be a peace and a rest. I believe, I have crazy faith this morning to believe that as we worship, that the blood of Jesus is going to cover this region. All our cities is going to begin to cover this state and this nation. It's going to begin to cover those who are affected physically and financially by what's going on right now and all of a sudden there's going to be a shift something's going to shift right now where those who are affected they're not going to be affected more healing is going to come i believe that money is going to be provided for those who need assistance i believe that god is going to do something supernaturally in this moment so wherever you're at if you would stand with me stand out of your chair climb out of your bed put your coffee down whatever you got to do but if you do this if you would close your eyes with me Holy Spirit, I ask, God, as we begin to worship you, God, as we begin to exalt the name of Jesus, the King of Kings, God, that peace and hope and faith would flood every room. It would flood this church. It would flood this city. It would flood this region. It would flood our government officials. It would flood this state. It would flood the hospital rooms. It would flood the nurses. It would flood the police officers. It would flood every marriage and every family and every child. God, we declare as we lift up your name, as we exalt the name that is above every name, God, that we ask for healing to come to this land. Healing to come to this land in Jesus' name. Build faith in our hearts, God, for more, for greater things, for greater things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Come on, let's worship together.
Come on, just begin to declare the name of Jesus. Begin to say, Jesus, we prophesy the power of the name of Jesus over my family. I declare the power that's in the name of Jesus over my home. The power that's in the name of Jesus over this city and over this region. God, we thank you for your blood that covers. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That you cover us. That you protect us. That you redeem these situations. That you are a deliverer. You are a provider. Father, we thank you that we have nothing to fear because your faithfulness is with us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your healing. Come across this land in Jesus' name. Come across our cities in Jesus' name. Cover our homes in Jesus' name. Cover us in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing this again. Come on, no other name. No other name. is a light we thank you that the church is not silent lord i ask for everybody watching right now that faith would be deposited in their hearts that hope would be deposited in their hearts that we begin to throw out lifelines of hope they begin to reach out to those around us and begin to ask the lord to come and fall upon their homes to come and bring healing to their hearts that fear would be broken father that hopelessness would be broken in jesus name lord we thank you that in times like this, the church gets stronger. In times like this, the church gets louder. We thank you, Jesus. Wherever you're at right now, if you would just close your eyes with me. Father, I pray that over these next 24, 48 hours, that there'd be a shift in our state, in Jesus' name. Let there be a shift right now in our state. That the tides of this, of this virus would be stopped in Jesus' name that it would not come into our counties, that it would not come into our cities, it would not come into the state any longer, into this nation, that people who are right now affected by this virus, that healing would come, that hope would come. Those who right now are being, are being stricken by the virus of fear and the virus of doubt would be healed in Jesus' name, that faith would come into their hearts, that hope would come into their hearts. In Jesus' name, and everybody said,